Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. This morning, I want to talk to you about something that I think we've all been kind of feeling, right? Stress. Stress. Y'all, even my phone is stressed. Like all week long, I've been getting these excessive heat warnings, excessive heat warnings. It's telling me to drink some water and go inside. And I'm like, inside's the last place I want to be. Inside's where I've been all year. That's the last place I want to be right now. But um, we've all, you know, been kind of feeling it lately, I think. And I read a statistic this week that I'm being frank with you, it kind of bothered me. And it says that 89% of people have suffered from chronic stress syndrome. Um, I'm going off script here, so go with me. Any guesses what the top physical symptom reported was? Fatigue, yes, y'all are some smart people. Uh, And the top psychological symptom reported was anger or irritability. So it got me thinking this week, why are we all so stressed out? Now, some of y'all are smirking at me already, and I love it. And you're right, health is at the top, right? We're all very cognizant of health things right now, along with work, relationships, finances. So, right, we all have too much to do, not enough time to do it. Too much to pay for, not enough money at the end of the month. Too much fear, not enough peace. Am I right? Yes. So stress, let me, let me back up a, a little bit. Stress has been defined as the gap between the demands that are placed on us and our ability to meet those demands. So check this out. Over here, right, we have the demands and the responsibilities of life. So I'm sure you could sit there and tick through your head of all of yours, but I'm going to share with you some of mine. Uh, my husband. Now, he's sitting over here, so let me be clear. You are not a demand. You are a delight. And I love you, but you are my responsibility, so I'm going to put you over here because it's my responsibility to love you. Along with my kids, my church, my job, my home, my health, my family, my friends. You guys know the drill. And then off in that distant place over there, right, is what I see from over here is my very limited ability <laughs> to do what the demand of life calls of me. Do you get me? And the difference or the gap between the demand and my abilities is what researchers are calling the stress factor. How scary does that sound, the stress factor? I mean, it stresses me out talking about it, the stress factor. So this morning, I hope to bring you some, if y'all are looking at me, I wish you could see y'all from up here. The the people that didn't walk in here stressed this morning, I'm pretty sure I just stressed you out. So you're welcome. Uh, Pastor Jordan's going to have me back very quickly uh, to encourage the people this morning. Uh, But uh, my husband's going to kill me for telling this story, but we're talking about stress, so I'm going all in. We just moved to Tallahassee. We've been here three years, and we bought our home, and we had a security system installed because I may or may not be, I'll tell myself too, I may or may not be the most paranoid female alive. And so it's about 2.30 in the morning, and our alarm starts going off. And my husband, who is the sweetest, most amazing, brilliant man, who, let me just back up, who slept through a fire in his childhood home 
slept through a hurricane hitting our home in Jacksonville, now thinks he's going to sleep through our alarm system going off at 2.30 in the morning. Now, y'all, I'm not trying to brag. Honestly, I'm not. But I was born for this. Like, I was born for it. Like, I'm one of those people, and anyone who knows me is laughing because you know it's true. I'm one of those people that has a pre-thought-out plan for any emergency that's going to happen in my home and exactly what I'm going to do. Like, I've thought about it, i planned it, and I know it. So, like, this is my moment, right? Like, tactical classes, here for it. Like, this is me. And so, you know, they give you the pre-warning, like, beep, beep. Ours does. Beep, beep. Worst sound ever, right? Beep, beep. I'm up on my feet, bat in hand, like ready, ready. What do I look over and see? Sleeping like a baby, my, my dearly beloved, sleeping like a baby. And I'm like, not on my watch. Are you right? Not on my watch. So I do what any other loving spouse would do, and I just start trucking pillows at his head. And every female in the room knows I got about 40 to choose from on the bed. So all of them are going straight at Grant's head, and I'm like, wake up, man. But, you know, I go straight to my training, right? I'm a professional. I go straight to my training, and it's tactical signs, right? All my tactical signs in my head. I know exactly what my plan is. Every parent in the room knows what's my first plan. Get to my kids. At the time, I just had one. Now we have two. The time I had one. And so I'm, Grant's like barely awake looking at me. And I, I know <laughs> he's looking at me with the two faces. One, this woman has lost her mind. And two, why did I marry her? Like all of that was looking straight at me. And I'm like, and he's like, talk to me, is what he's screaming. And so I'm like, you know, finally I'm like, get to London, get to London. And so we're like, you guys, we were a bad reality show. We are stumbling through our house. We're tripping all over each other. We're saying things we probably will have to apologize for later. And like, it was just a really bad thing. But we learned two things that night. <clears throat> One, glass sensor alarms are triggered by bad thunderstorms outside. Our house was secure. Thank you, Jesus. I wouldn't be telling the story if it didn't turn out good. And number two, Grant and I failed. Love you. We failed at the stressful situations. Like, we failed. And I told him, I said, this is why we got to do tactical stuff together. Like, we got we to gotta meet this, right? Like, we failed. But, like, me, I, I know I joke, but stress is everywhere. Stressors are all around us. So this morning, I'm not going to really talk to you much about getting rid of stress from your life, but I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about our response to stress, and specifically our responses and his promises. And I've called this message, oh, really quick, I got to talk about this picture really quick before Susie uh, takes it away. How cute is my daughter? But I love this picture. She's, she's four now, but she was one here. And how stressed does she look for a one-year-old? Like, I'd taken 8,000 pictures of her for her first birthday. Every mom in the room knows what I'm saying. And she was just done. So anyway, thanks for humoring me for my stress picture. But I've titled my message this morning, The Great Exchange. The Great Exchange. Would you guys pray with me for a second? Jesus, we thank you this morning, God, for your presence that we feel so plainly in this room. God, you're here this morning to break things off lives, to change mindsets. God, you're here today, Jesus, to add strength to those that are weary. God, you're here today to open ears and minds and hearts. God, and so as I, I just ask, God, that as we dive into the word that you have for us today, Jesus, would you challenge us, encourage us, comfort us, speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said, 
Amen. Okay, if you turn with me to Isaiah 40, 28. Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 28. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Now I want to start off with this thought this morning. I can't control what happens to me, but with God's help, I can choose my response. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back and those online. I can't control what happens to me, to my spouse, to my kids, to my health, to my job. But with God's help, I can choose my response. Now, what does Isaiah say our response should be? I love, first let me just go ahead and tell you the response before I go into what I love. Our first response is to remember his faithfulness. We are to remember his faithfulness. Now here's what I love. I love that this passage starts off with rhetorical questions. Those who know me and are close to me know that I may or may not be very sarcastic. So this speaks to my extremely sarcastic nature. And it says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. It's like saying, don't you remember? Were you, were you, were you not there? My God doesn't tire. He doesn't give out. He's not confused. He's, he, he's got this, right? So I think we stress sometimes because we forget the promises and the faithfulness of God. And you know, if you read all of Exodus, if there were a people who forgot the faithfulness of God more, it's the Israelites, right? You guys, he led them out of captivity, parted a sea, led them through the wilderness with a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. He fed them manna from the sky and water from a rock, and they still doubted the faithfulness of God. Had they heard? Yes. Did they know? Yes. But get this, they still needed to be reminded how quick are we to forget the things that God does in our life, right? When we get stressed out, we lose perspective. We immediately go to, right? We all do it. We immediately go to, the problem at work's never going to resolve. My marriage is never going to get better. My kids, they're never going to listen. My, my, my report from my doctor, it's never going to change. But God. Do you know this morning? Yes. Have you heard? Yes. You just need to be reminded. You just need to be reminded. Now, some of y'all are looking at me and you're thinking, this is easier said than done, right? So what does this look like? How do we do this in these stressful situations? I'm glad you asked. Would you go with me to Exodus 17? Now, the Israelites had just left the wilderness and they were attacked by the Amalekites. Now, many of you know this story. Moses commanded Joshua to go fight this army. And he told him that while he did, he would stand up on the hill and hold the staff of God in his hand. 
Now, as long as he held it up, the Israelites had the advantage and they were winning. But whenever his arm would drop, they would begin to lose. So the story goes that two men, Aaron and Hur, held Moses' arms up, right? Until Israel won the battle. Great story. But I want to take you to after the victory, after the battle. And I'm picking up at verse 15, and it says, Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. Now, how many of y'all have been watching the Olympics? Yeah. Uh, banners are everywhere, right? Banners are everywhere. I live in a very um, sport home. Um, I call my husband walking ESPN. So we have a lot of banners in our home. Uh, we are from Champa Bay. So we have the Rays and the Bucks and the Lightning. And uh, also we're also good uh, diehard Seminoles. But um, banners are used to remember or commemorate things. And the interesting thing I was thinking this week is they're not just for the people who raise them. They're also for the people that see them. So how do we remember the faithfulness of God in stressful situations or when stress is just all around us, when life seems to just be chaotic? I'm calling these banner-worthy moments. We've got to find a way to remember he's faithful. He's faithful. He did it before. He's going to do it again. You see, the altar that Moses built in Exodus was to mark the place that God intervened on behalf of his people. And it looks different for each of us, right? I know for Grant and I, we have stuff in our home to help us visually as a family remember God's faithfulness in our lives. I have a note that I keep on my phone. Um, we're all techies, right? And I have a note that I keep on my phone for the hard days, and it's things he's done in our marriage, things he's done in my kids, things he's done for my life, for my profession, for just everything that I can remember. So then on those days that the storms are hitting, right? Life is chaotic. I can look back and remember, he's faithful. He did it before. He's going to do it again. Now I know some of y'all are tired. You've been dreaming the same dreams. You've been waiting for that marriage to kick in. You've been waiting for your kids to start listening or to get over a hill. But let me encourage you this morning. God is faithful. And he is able to come through for you. We just have to remember I'm going to read one of my favorite passages from the Bible, and it's something that I turn to every single time I'm in a storm. And it says, it's Lamentations 3, starting at verse 19. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of the ashes, the poison I've swallowed. That's some stress, right? <laughs> I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. Quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. We got to remember he's faithful. And our second response is we have to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord. You see, the, pa the, the passage, it doesn't promise strength to everyone. You got to wait. There's a condition. There's always a condition. 
So waiting gets a bad rap, right? Like when we think of waiting, we kind of think of it as like passive or negative. Like it's just kind of like something that we have to do. And like I, I was reading a statistic this week and it said that the average person spends an hour every day waiting for something to happen. And I thought, that can't be the case. But then you start thinking about it, and it really is. Like the elevator at work, or the stoplights, coffee, waiting at restaurants. Uh, we wait on the microwave, which is supposed to keep us waiting from the stove, right? Like everything is waiting in our life. And if you add that up over 70 years, it equates to, ready for this? Three years of waiting for something to happen in life. But you see, biblical waiting is different. Waiting on God is different. It's, it's not passive, it's active. And he requires our active participation. And it's two things, I'm breaking it down to two things this morning. One, it's a complete dependence on God. And two, it's a willingness to let him decide the terms. So putting it simply, I'm putting it this morning as trusting God's sovereign, and not taking matters into our own hands. And y'all, this is hard. It's easier said than done, right? But we have to wait on the Lord. You know, I think sometimes we stress because we realize, especially those of us that are older, we realize that when we pray in stressful times, our response may may not always be what we want. Do you understand? So when we're praying, we're not praying, thy will be done, we're praying, my will be done. And when my will's not done, what do we do? We take matters into our own hands, which is the exact thing we shouldn't be doing. But the Bible says we have to wait on the Lord. You see, the problem isn't in the waiting. The problem's what happens in our heart as we wait. For far too many of us, it creates this downward spiral of anger, bitterness, frustration, and things that just keep causing all these problems. But the word says in Psalms 27:14, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. And then what? Then comes the promise. Am I right? And in Hebrews 6:15 it says, and after patiently waiting, Abraham received what was promised. And you see, in Isaiah, there's a promise for our wait. There's a promise when we remember his faithfulness. And first, he promises to renew us. And y'all, I'm excited about this. I saw this in a whole new way this week, and I am pumped. Did you know that the word renew means to exchange? What he has for what we need. His strength for our weakness. You see, God's not giving us more of our own strength. He's exchanging his strength for our weakness. Don't believe me? I'm going to prove it to you. Um, I, and forgive me, I did, they don't have these scriptures back there, so I'm going to go through them quickly. But I love it. 1 Samuel 18.6 says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Psalm 18.1, I love thee, O Lord, my strength. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is the strength of my life. Psalm 73, 26, God is the strength of my heart. Psalm 84, 5, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. 
Psalm 118.14, the Lord is my strength and my song. And Psalm 144.1, blessed be the Lord, my strength. And the amazing part about this great exchange, as I'm calling it, is it doesn't just stop at strength. You see, the essence of the gospel, the essence of Jesus is an exchange. His life for ours. In Colossians, or I'm sorry, Galatians 2.20, it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. His life for ours. It's a great exchange. In Matthew 11.28, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. His life for mine. His yoke for my burden. I think some of us this morning, if you're feeling just way down, you're feeling the weight, some of us just need to exchange some stuff this morning. Your weakness for his strength. Your depression for his joy. Your healing for, or your sickness for his healing. Your fear for his peace. It's a great exchange. And the second thing he promises in Isaiah is that he strengthens us. He strengthens us. You see, God doesn't give us freedom from weakness. He gives us strength in it. And his strength in it. And I want to talk to you about three different kinds. The scripture says in verse 31 of Isaiah 40, says, they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to talk to you quickly about soaring strength, running strength, and walking strength. God desires to strengthen his people this morning. Soaring strength. I'm calling this supernatural strength. Strength to do what you can't do within your own human strength. It's got to be God. That's, it's just got to be God. And in that strength, it's the, it's, it's the strength when things, I'm, I'm going to just put it very simply, it's the strength when things are rough. It's in the crisis. It's in adversity. What does he say? He says, well, soar like eagles. Now, my daughter, London, she's four. She's in a show-me phase, as I'm calling it. So anything that she hasn't seen in her short four years of life, she wants me to show her, and then we kind of learn everything there is to know about it. So I'm going to give you an example. This past couple weeks, it's been show me a lobster. And I guess in Tallahassee, we're not really seeing that many lobsters. So we dive in, and we're, I'm all in about lobsters. I know all this useless information about lobsters now. And then, uh, I, I kid you not, this past week, mom, show me someone getting struck by lightning. And I'm like, no, we're not going to look at that. But we can learn about lightning. But I'm not going to show you because that will traumatize you for the rest of your life. But we will look at lightning. And so, and then this past week, she was convinced she saw an eagle fly in our front yard. So it became all about the eagles. Like, mom, show me an eagle. So I started learning all about eagles. And wouldn't you know that God has a way of speaking us through our kids, right? And eagles are known for their strength in turbulent and dangerous weather because they soar above the storm until they get to safety. Now, you see, eagles don't fly like other birds. 
they don't they hardly flap their wings it's the wind or the current that carries them and how many of you know that's how God's strength operates he carries us through those difficult times I don't know about you this morning and I don't know how many of y'all in here I don't know all of your stories but how many of you have been through a situation where at the end of the road you think I don't know how I made it I don't know how I did it and there's no other idea or thought left but it had to be God and Grant and I, we've, I mean, we've walked through uh, numerous things, but one of the most painful ones to date has been the loss of a child. We lost a baby before London. And it's one of those situations that you know when you're in the middle of it, that pain, it's deep, and it's so real. And you think, God, I can't do this. I can't make it. But God... And at the end of the day, Grant and I know it was that soaring strength that just carried us and still does through the hard days. It just carries you through. And we need that strength in our lives. Number two, we need running strength. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I am not a runner. I don't pretend to be a runner. I don't have the knees to be a runner. And I'm an asthmatic. So I'm a nightmare of a runner. Um, but I know a lot of friends who are runners. And one of Grant and I's best friends is training for the Ironman race right now. And uh, he's going to run it in November. And if y'all don't know, for those of y'all that don't know, that's a 2.4-mile swim and a 112-mile bike and a 26.2 run. How many of y'all know that he's going to need some strength and endurance to finish that race? And it's kind of been all we've been talking about in our, in our group chat, right? Like, because how do you trump the Iron Man, right? Like, uh, we, what's going on with y'all? Uh, nothing. What's going on? I mean, how's Iron Man training, you know? Like, I don't have anything else going on that can compete with that, so we just talk a lot about the Iron Man. And he tells us, like, some of the, you know, there's, like, obstacles and all the stuff he's got to, like, get through, and the training's kind of, like, the hard part of it, right? And so he's telling us, like, you know, it's, it's, about, it's all about the nutrition, and it's all about hydration, and all these things that really seemingly have nothing to do with the race, but that's kind of how life is, right? It's all these obstacles and things thrown at us, and God wants to strengthen us for the race. And all throughout the Bible, it talks about the Christian life being a race. In Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. When the challenges are many, God wants to give you the strength to find that rhythm or pace. And, you know, Grant and I talked to a lot of our friends, especially in this season when things seem so stressful and chaotic. You know, we're all kind of doing those check-ins, like, how y'all doing? You know, summer, the kids are at home. Are we good? How's your mental health? You know, like, those just check-ins to check on the people you love. And a lot of the thing we're hearing is it's the pace that's hard. You know, I just can't find it. And we... How faithful is God to remind us that he's there with that running strength to give us that pace and help us find that rhythm in life when we need it most. And as I close, I want to talk to you about walking strength. Now, this is, I think, one of the most underrated parts. And one of the things that I rely on in my life the most is strength in the day to day. God wants to give us walking strength in the day today. Now, 
I'm reading a book. Well, I actually read the book. And if y'all know me, and if you've been talking to me a lot, you probably already heard about it and you're sick of hearing about it. Because this book has been one book that's changed the way I've lived my life. And it's called Win the Day. And I, am, I love this book. I'm on my like, third time reading it because it's just changed everything about my day is very, um, uh, those that know me know I'm very, I'm, I'm a, I'm an, I love organization. I love when my day makes sense. I love when my home runs on a routine. Like that is me. And I kind of, everything feels like out of alignment or off, like off kilter when that doesn't happen. So this book has helped me so much because it talks about winning the day. Living, and it says we need to live in day-tight compartments. And it talks about the importance, and it's so biblical. What does the Bible say? Give us this day our daily bread, right? And in Psalms chapter 90, verse 12, it says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Deuteronomy 33, 25, As your days are, so your strength shall be. It's the walking strength. Now I want to share with you one of my favorite quotes from the book. It says, the load of tomorrow added to that of yesterday, carried today, makes the strongest falter. Brittany, what's your point? My point is, you got to win the day. Like so many of us are consumed with what happened yesterday or with the past or drug back down or you're so stressed out about what's coming. What's going to happen? Our, our world seems a lot of chaos, right? Everything around us seems to be a little bit shaky. So all of us are kind of living in that like unknown, like what's going to happen tomorrow? And God's saying, today, I'm giving you strength for today. And I know this. When we wait on God, he gives us the ability to soar in a crisis, to run when the challenges are many. And he gives us the strength to walk faithfully through the day-by-day challenges of life. His strength. How many of y'all know this morning? I know I do. How many of y'all know this morning that we need strength? We need to wait on the Lord. We need to remember he's faithful. We need to let him renew us. We need to let him exchange what he perfectly has for what we need so that we have the strength to keep going. Because I know this. God gives us strength. Why? What's the why? To keep moving forward. So this morning, I want to encourage you. If you can't soar, run. If you can't run, walk. And if you can't walk, I think you got some exchanging to do today. You need something that God has perfectly. Perfectly. He has it all. We just have to wait and we have to ask. Can we pray this morning?